You're listening to the Out of Range Podcast with Tony Franklin, powered by Bowl TV. I'm ready. You're ready. Now, let's get out of range. This is Doug McFadden, Matt's older brother. I got my son. Evan McFadden, which I'm Matt's nephew. We here, we got asked to do the Outer Range Bowling Podcast. They said they were going to pay us to do this, but nobody listens, so I don't expect the check from it. Episode 10 of the Outer Range Podcast. So, Matt, have we, uh, have we gotten so desperate that we got your country-ass brother and your idiot nephew doing our intros now? <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, they flew into town this morning, and uh, obviously I told them about the podcast. They actually are following on Twitter and Facebook, so watch it, Tony. Oh, okay. They're loyal okay. followers now, so, I mean, we don't need to, we don't need to run them off, you know. Okay, okay. Just, yeah. It just, it really, it felt like we'd hit a low point already last week when we had Blow McVeigh on, uh, you know, who's a washed-up tiny little dynamo with the uncanny ability to make the big split. Wow, where did, where did you get that? I love it, dude. That's been following him for that years. Was, that was Blow's intro into your wedding. Yeah, so, I mean, really quickly, the reason why he got that is Bo sent in the greatest recruiting video to Wichita State. Coach Vatican, I guarantee you, still has that thing in his possession. <laughs> I mean, perfect, listen, guys, professionally recorded at NKC Pro Bowl with a commentator, Bo just throwing shots, and one of the lines was, he has the uncanny ability to make the big split. I mean, that has followed him for 20-something years. <laughs> Were you the commentator? No, no. I mean, at the time, there was no social media, so you had to send in your recruiting video for the coaches. He just he had professionally made. He's going to kill me for telling that. But it awesome. <laughs> music in the background and then this deep, professional commentary voice. It might have been Gary Thorne. so was he crushing racks or just shooting splits oh no dude crushing racks just 16 and a half board going sideways into the seventh pin, destroying racks at nkc pro bowl and then i mean he had this little hop in the middle i don't know if you guys saw actual raw footage of him when he first came to wichita state but when they would do his um when they would show him in slow motion video in his third step, he is actually off the approach. He's off in complete midair and his ball is in his backswing. He had this little <laughs> hop. It was unbelievable. I need to find some old school footage of him. It's great. Oh man. I'd love to see it. Love to see that. It's good stuff. You know, right before I jumped on tonight, I was listening to a little, uh, ride like the wind radio. G heart. Oh boy. Some good stuff. God, what a, dude, does Christopher Cross not have the sweetest, most elegant singing voice you've ever heard? It's it's the best. He is so good. That whole album, uh, he had two albums that were just top notch, and then he just fell off the face of the earth. I mean, he did the uh, Arthur intro, yep. the Dudley Moore Arthur, Sailing, Ride Like the Wind. God, dude, he, he was so many good songs. Oh, yeah, that's just, that's, just a, that's just a touch of all his great hits. And then never to be heard from again. Gone. Gone like the wind, I guess you could say. 
Pun intended. <laughs> Pun totally intended. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt, a oh, couple other things. So uh, our top ten list, I guess we could just say the top five, got some que- has been getting some questionable reviews. I think more you know, pointed at me than anything. But your boy, Gavin Shank, was wondering, and that's a really dangerous name. What kind of name is Shank? Is that his real name? Yeah. It is. <laughs> So uh, Gavin has been providing us uh, quality feedback and, and is an avid listener of the uh, Out of Range podcast. And, and actually, I bowled league with him last year. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to mess with a guy. Now, Gavin, the first name, could be like a Harvard understudy. But with the last name Shank, I mean, I wouldn't want to, like, roll up a, up on him, like, in a, in a dark corner or, a, you know, alley or anything like that. You just never know. Well, I, t- I will tell you guys that his last name is not indicative of his golf game. He has a spectacular golf game. Really? <laughs> yes, he hits the ball very well. Uh, so, so to drop more puns, he's not going to shank one out there, D-Hart? Yeah, there's no gambling at Bushwood, and he never slices. Golly. All right, well, duly noted, don't gamble with the shank. Maybe in bowling, <laughs> though. So what was, uh, what was Gavin's comments on the top yeah. five? Yeah, so he's he thinks we really we really shanked it by not having WWE superstars in the top ten. I I mean I I have to agree with him. That was a great game, man. Have you played that game? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Big Boss Man. Some was it? some press by uh by uh, Hulk Hogan. I mean Ted DiBiase. I mean let's start <laughs> Yokozuna. Hey, listen, listen. I'm not a wrestling fan, right? You know. Derek and some of the boys uh, rented, uh, what was it? What is it, Derek? I don't even know Royal, the term. The, dude, the Royal Rumble. Okay, yeah. So they rented a Royal Rumble about a year and a half ago. And it is, I mean, I just, I can't watch it, man. It's the most staged crap I've ever seen in my life. And these dudes are just, Goldberg's going to come in and pile drive him, dude. He's going to thunder. <laughs> what is it called? Like a thunder? I don't even know what his thing is. A it's spear? a spear, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, dude stupidest thing I've ever seen. And these dudes are just clamoring for the wrestling I, waste of money, dude. Waste of money. Was, was that a stand-up arcade game or like a Nintendo or something? No, no, no. Uh, it was a stand-up arcade. Yeah. They uh, both, both head to head. Right. But it was also on all of the platforms. I'm, I'm sure it was on Sega. I'm sure it was on Nintendo. So, but both were lethal. I'd have to agree with Gavin. Yeah, I would. I mean, real quick, I would argue that there was better wrestling games than that game itself. And I've played them all, and I'm I'm not trying to brag, but I feel like Nintendo 64 had the best wrestling games in there. So I can't even say that the game that you guys are suggesting is even in the top ten. Tony, wrestling. do you even know what a Nintendo 64 is? Yes, thank you, Matt. We've been over that. I do know what it is. I oh, man, I wish we could have involved your brother Dougie in some of this so he could have just said pong pong is the greatest game that ever was and ever will be it's you so... got your roller thingy and the ball bounces and the ball's not even round it's a square ball that just bounces off the corners that's atari watch your mouth <laughs> is off the hook <laughs> that is true dougie that is very true all right well uh today we've got some good stuff for you we've got idiots in the news one I'm very fond of, Jive Talking with Matt. And at the end of the show today, we're going to steal the booth from Dave Ryan and Kelly Kulik as we call the action from the final championship match of the U.S. Open. 
Uh, so to begin with today, let's go ahead and get down to some idiots in the news. So DeHart, you and I talked about this one offline. I believe that we are in an impasse on this. I most definitely consider it an idiot move, but of course I didn't even watch it. So maybe I'm not the one to say, but the Walenda family, uh, brother and sister tandem, they walked a quarter mile on a wire 25 stories above Midtown Manhattan. What were your first thoughts on watching that ridiculousness on TV last week? So, first of all, you know, he, he did the Grand Canyon. They called it the fly wire, the high wire. He walked across the Grand Canyon, and I thought I was, I mean, that was pretty intriguing, very interesting. But, man, like, when I watched it, I didn't think he was going to harness in. And then he harnessed in, and I'm like, oh, man, there goes all the suspense. Like, I don't, I don't want the guy to die or to fall or anything, but it just kind of takes the the pressure off of that. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't harnessed in when he went over the Grand Canyon, was he? Or have we seen harnesses before in any of the Walenda acts? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he was harnessed in over the Grand Canyon. If there's, I recall there's, correctly, I, I think your parents were in town that weekend, and I remember us watching that at 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 Green's house. Correct. That was that was suspenseful, man. That it was I mean, very this suspenseful. guy falls, he gone. Yeah, and you know the the Walenda family, they did have a huge uh, spill maybe two years ago where they had several injuries. Uh, the sister that was part of the show, uh, you know, this week she was one of the ones that got pretty seriously injured. But she's back again to do it, and now they're in a harness, which, again, I'm scared of heights, so I'm not maybe the guy to say 25 stories up, am I going to walk over a you know, a quarter-inch wire or whatever it is. But it's just with connected to a harness, I mean, no one ever falls, so they never get injured. Nothing bad ever happens. Yeah. So I just don't – the suspense, because it's all there for entertainment and suspense, I just don't get it. Well, and, and like you think about the circus and the and the trapeze walking and stuff like that, like that wire barely moved. And you, you heard him talking to his dad who like, I guess you want to call it calibrated the wire. I mean, that wire didn't move. There was barely any moving, you know, side to side with the wind and whatnot. And then I, the pole thing, I know that's used to stabilize and whatnot, but it seems like this is kind of like a money grab almost, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it is a money grab. You know, I was doing some some research on the on this uh, family. So they actually got started in the early 1900s, uh, circus performers, and so their entire family, starting back then, has been heavily involved in all kinds of different circus acts until they've really you know come down to the point now where they're you know known as the the Flying Walendas, uh, the grandfather. Uh, was killed when he fell, Carl Walenda, in Puerto Rico back in 1978, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, but he was 73 when he uh, fell and and uh, you know passed away due to the injuries from that fall. Uh, so I mean, it's just it's crazy stuff. But now the fact that you know they've had some injuries, which is you know bad because obviously they're putting themselves in harm's way for sure. But the harness makes it feel like zip lining to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess my take on it is, isn't it amazing how entertainment has came full circle, right? So 
back in the 1950s, it's like black and white TV. And even before that, it's like radio, right? Now we got people who are doing acts like this on live television. I, like the walking of the Grand, across the Grand Canyon was like one of the most intense things I've ever seen, like when he wasn't harnessed in, you know, and it, and it harkens back to some of the other stunt, you know, the stunt folks back in history. But it's just, isn't it interesting how entertainment has came full circle, though? I mean, it's it's things like that, right? Well, and that's exactly that's the perfect point, man. That's what I can't get past when when we consider this entertainment and daredevil and stunts. It's true. It is. But all I can think about is the man. Evil Knievel, right? I mean, can you spell? Can you spell that for those in the crowd who don't know who that is? Sure, man. Evil Knievel, E V E L K N I E V E L. How about that? Evil Knievel. So he was doing stuff back in the '60s and '70s. Uh, man, he had so many amazing stunts, sensational crashes. I mean, this guy broke every bone he had. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. Is being that kind of self-described daredevil entertainer. Uh, he did like 75 ramp-to-ramp jumps. Man, this guy had balls of steel, man. What? I mean, he wasn't harnessed in like the the crew this week. I mean, have you, D-Hart, have you seen any Evil Knievel stuff? Yeah, I, I remember the, was it the Caesars jump yeah, or something? Yeah, I remember watching that. Um, but, you know, like this whole, this whole high wire thing, like, if Vegas were to put odds on it before the walk even started, what do you think the odds are of him falling versus not falling are? I mean, it's an astronomical amount, right? Tell the him. fact that he would not fall, there's no chance he's going to fall. Right. So it's it's almost like it's staged. Like when, yeah. you go to, when you go to the betting window and you get the boxing matches, right? I mean, take 42 to 1, for example. You got Mike Tyson versus Buster, is it, it was Buster Douglas, right? Yes. Yeah, so I mean – you look at those things like those aren't even like those are almost fixed that those numbers are so high and ridiculous. I, I didn't even think it was that entertaining. I was just more happy for the sister to get up and almost like conquer her fear since she, I mean, she fell She's, and broke her yeah. ankle. Yeah. Hey, Tony. Yeah. I got the uh, evil Knievel wind up, stand up, jump. Uh, yes. Toy on eBay for about fifteen hundred dollars. You want to purchase? <laughs> Now, <laughs> now still got does, the suit and everything, man. <laughs> it's been up in the attic in the big Ellerby for about 20 years, but I got it if you want to put a bid on it. Dougie, I would love – I had one of those too because you, you and I are the only ones old enough to have known what the heck that thing was. It was a little red controller. You put the guy in there, and then you'd spin it up, and then he'd shoot out of there, and then you never could land a jump just like he could never land a jump. Exactly. He's got my toys got all broken legs and uh, arms. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it so great, Derek? Tony's finally found someone he can relate to of his own age. Thank you, God. Thank you, Matt, for finally bringing on someone more than 39 years old. I appreciate it. In <laughs> the genre, hey, Tony, in the genre of Eddie Rabbit, we just, you know, like two amigos. That's right. It's right. I could I could listen to some Eddie Rabbit and play with my evil Knievel Jumpman toy right now <laughs> and be the happiest guy ever. Matt, it we, sounds like they have the perfect perfect episode drummed up. We've oh, got oh, man. Tw- hey. 20 minutes of Game of Thrones talk with Green and 40 <laughs> minutes with Doug McFadden talking about yeah. random stuff. 
I mean, hey. listen, I can't. I I I love <laughs> listening to my brother and my nephew talk, and I know you guys are all gonna love listening to him talk as well. I mean, isn't that isn't that accent just something special? It's real. Somehow that's real. I I thought some maybe he's faking it, but he ain't faking it. That's for real. That's that's fine education talking through a big pile of storm right there. Just nasty, but so good to listen to. Thank you, Dougie. But you know what? You did mention the best part, which was the leather jumpsuit. So how good were? They? I mean, I would. Wouldn't you love to see D Hart in one of those red white? Yes, blue? I, hey, with his white white teeth it would just sparkle you know black and white oh man so good d well, hard the next the next jersey needs to look like that do i at least oh get to God, wear my pearly white movie. shoes too oh yeah you know no. i remember i remember the caesar palace caesar's palace jump you know Derek. i've never seen a body bounce like that i mean like i just remember thinking is this real i mean like is this is is that a real human being? And then you know, let's take it one step further, right? Robbie Knievel, yeah. his son, you know, I mean, who followed kind of right in the footsteps, right? And he's just—I'm not going to say just as crazy as his dad, but damn near, right? I mean, he kept it going. Well, I mean, like that—that that jump. He—if you read the articles, he literally—I mean, try to find a bone that he didn't break. That's that's how crazy that is. That's the kind of stuff that we just don't do anymore. And I feel like we've just become soft in a society. We just where's all the dares? Where's all the (laughs) the crazy stuff? Right? That's what people want to watch. I mean, and you know, we talked about wrestling earlier. But you guys, if you ever watch wrestling now, they don't ever hit each other in the head with steel chairs. Now, granted, those chairs were probably not steel to begin with, but they don't hit them in the head anymore. It's always in the back or in the gut. No headshots. Yeah. It's just it's it's just getting back on wrestling. How come on? Are we back on wrestling again? I just brought it up because that's how I believe we've come become as a society. It's just oh. soft. We're soft. D Hart says we're soft. You can get de- do you guys do you guys disagree? My- I mean, it's like we 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 don't spank children anymore. I mean when I when I was a kid and I got punished. I mean, it was welts across the ass. I got smacked in the face. What about you, Matt? Did you get kissed on top of the forehead? Uh, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Uh, Mrs. G did not spare the rod, and it made me a better person, I guess. <laughs> Are you sure that just wasn't Dougie hitting you? Mama, I got this, and I got this, and let me give me the rod. Yeah, he, he was a good brother. He always uh, was there to console. <laughs> but then he would be like, you don't need to do that again, little little man. You should shut your mouth. Shut your <laughs> dirty mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, Evil Knievel, a real American hero. All right. Next up, uh, Jive talking with Matt. God only knows what he's going to talk about. We'll be right back. All right, What's Matt. Up? I'm fired up. What do you got for us this week? So, you know, it was kind of it was kind of at the buzzer, right? You know, Tony, you've been hitting me up. Hey, need, need a segment for Jive Talking. Need a segment for Jive Talking. And it, it kind of hit me about, about three hours ago. I'm sitting here watching TV, and it's just amazing society in general, right? And some of 
some like how forward people can be, especially some of the athletic superstars in, in the world today. And I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Um, Cam Newton was recorded on a flight from Paris to the United States. I'm assuming probably Charlotte um, since he plays for the Carolina Panthers basically goes dynamite up to this guy. What? I said dynamite drop and he plays for the Panthers. How obvious. Derek, can go you... ahead. No, Finish wait, the wait, wait, wait. no, 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 no. I mean, some people and <laughs> who Cam Newton is Derek. Matt, I'm with you. I support you in that. Uh, explanation there. I support. Yeah, you. I'm just giving the full story, dude. Back off. Didn't know I had a bio. <laughs> God, tough crowd tonight. Tough crowd. But it I is will, a tough crowd. I will continue. I will continue. Yes, Cam Newton does play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, which was an expansion team in 1997. Is that too much information, D Hart? Continue. Okay. Uh, so basically, he got caught on several uh, from several folks recorded asking this gentleman for fifteen hundred dollars or offering to offer fifteen hundred dollars to take his seat in first class, which I thought was rather strange. Right. I mean, from my perspective, all of the folk I don't even I'm not going to I guess I'll guess and say that a flight from Paris to the United States is probably going to cost somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars. Of course, the guy said no. That's what I would do. And and if it were my, you know, my situation and I was sitting in the seat and he came up and asked me. So it it really begs to question to you guys, would you do the same thing? Would you take the $1,500 or would you keep the seat? No chance am I taking the money. Because the guy was in first class already, right? That is correct. Yeah, I'm already in first class. I already paid $1,500 or miles or whatever. And plus, it probably you know feels good to tell professional athlete guy, stick it, right? Doesn't it kind of feel good to tell him to head on back to coach? Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking. Is like this guy probably is on cloud nine. It's the greatest ten hours of his life. He's like, I just told Cam Newton, go sit and coach. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so go, go ahead, D. No man, I'm good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so number one, why, uh, I have to think in Cam Newton's shoes, why wouldn't he just take that 1500 and just go on the next flight? Yeah, I mean, just... I'm, my assumption would be that, you know, he he's a busy guy, right? He's probably got places to go and people to see, I'm assuming, right? Sure. So um, this, my second thought is, is, I mean, it sounded like a negotiation. That guy should have negotiated his way up to... Five, six, seven thousand dollars, maybe even ten. If you really that, wanted that. that. Now there's there's a point that I didn't think about. This guy has all of the negotiation power in the world, right? You know, he'd be like, you know what? I I will give you this seat, Cam, but it's not gonna be for fifteen hundred dollars. Like maybe four season tickets to the Carolina Panthers. And like, Ooh, let's get crazy. Yeah. Maybe throw some skybox in there. I don't know. That sounds so- kind of fun. So did you guys, I mean, I read the story and, and we talked a little bit about it off air, but did you guys, why was this the only guy that he propositioned? There's other first class seats on the flight. Why wouldn't he offer that to everybody else just to try to well, get a seat? Just I, like you guys probably know, right? When you see an easy target, AKA McFadden, you pick off the zebra that's slower than the rest of them, right? So in my humble opinion, and you guys coming from experience, 
you you probably see an easy target, and he probably saw a guy just just really walking through there saying, "There's my best chance. Seat three C is going to be." <laughs> so I'm gonna roll right over there, and I'm just gonna get right in his face, and I'm gonna ask the question. Did you guys see the video yet? Yeah, I yeah, watched I, it. I saw. The I video. mean, Cam is just wearing his his uh you know he's all zooted out and he's got his hat on and shades and i don't know dude it just looked it just it looked kind of it was a bad look it was a bad look because he was in paris for like fashion week or something they were saying yeah i i you know we all see these guys come out on sunday afternoons in the press conferences after the game and stuff some of the stuff that cam newton went is just it makes me laugh man i mean him and Dwayne wade are both the same in my book from the fashion perspective yeah i I think the fact that the first person he asked kicked him right in the stones i think there you just tuck your tail and you head on back i don't think he wanted to go down the line but let's uh, take it one step further right i mean let's say this guy turns him down in 3c i mean d hart if you're sitting in 4c and you're like i'd like a taste of that 1500 you know uh, what i mean like you jumped the gun like I'm like, yeah, if I'm in 4C, I'm like, I'll give you my seat for three grand. Let's double it. Yeah. Did you? I'm sorry, Cam. Did you mean to say 5,000? Yeah. And if and you could feel that, I'm good. I'll be back there in 22B in a heartbeat. And and 2020 season tickets. <laughs> yeah. In, in your box. Uh, oh, my Man. God. Yeah. I'll send the been... last story from Paris to, Paris to Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> you There's know, not... that really would be the best thing is just say, man, just – Hit me up in your uh, your suite at the first home game of the season. You know, let's say, no, no, we could even go one step further. Uh, Cam, I'd like to run out on the field with you uh, <laughs> in the season opener against uh, New Orleans. And I'd like to, I'd like, you know what, let's even take it one step further. I'd like to uh, call heads or tails at the first coin toss in the season opener. <laughs> See if we can take that. You can yeah, just make you can sit next to Ron Rivera on the sideline with a headset and just start calling mock plays. Yeah, dude. I, I get. I want the first five play calls of the 2020 <laughs> season with Riverboat Ron. That's right. I'm going to need the first five, and I'm going to need to kick off. If you let me kick off and the first five play calls, you can sit uh, right here. Listen, Graham Gano has been struggling for you guys. I want the first extra point kick. Can you get? Can you guys imagine Matt being that guy standing next to Ron Rivera and he's got the damn red challenge flag in his sock and he just starts oh, randomly throwing it everywhere? Matt would so be like, "God, I told you, run right, run right, idiot." Even Listen, better guys, scenario. My, my passion for Super Tech Mobile. I can call some plays. Well, dude, even better, though, if you were on the sideline and the referee crew was Ed Hockley, Jerome Boger, and Chris Green, I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, Green, you know, I think Green is meant to be in referee stripes at some point in his life, but not football. Green is built to be a basketball referee. He is. Or or a dodgeball referee. Yeah. I was watching uh, I was watching Dodgeball, a true underdog story, a couple days ago. And every time I see the referee in Dodgeball, I'm like, Green should have had this guy's role in Dodgeball as the referee. I mean, your foot's over the line. Yeah, that's totally a green outfit too. He's got the high tube socks with the new balances. Oh yeah. And the and the uh, orange wrist guards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and he's got like that little towel that he wags over when the guy steps over to the line. That's an infraction. Oh, yeah. It's his, it's his, it's the red dangly thing. I was thinking that this last time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I just noticed that. Yep. Green but lights. neither here nor there. So, so Jive talking this week kind of hit me at the last second. I just, you know, the audacity of some of these players just cracks me up, right? I mean, they just kind of think that they can just walk around and I, I guess if you have that kind of money uh, you know why not right I guess the worst thing in his mind the worst thing the guy's gonna say is no which is what happened but I, I don't know it just kind of blows my mind right they're in a it's a whole different world I just I think it was really funny I I just it struck me as very funny the pictures because of what he was wearing the fact that he only asked one person Got turned down, tucked his tail, took it to the hizzy. I mean, fifteen hundred. Why didn't he? Why didn't he double it? Dehart, why didn't he double it? Uh, that's a good question, man. I mean, like fifteen hundred bucks is like ten bucks to him in his current situation. Hey, dude, he lost that Oikos deal, you know. So times tough. He lost the yogurt deal, remember? Well, yeah. What he lost in the yogurt deal, he picked up in his fashion endorsements i'm gonna just go ahead and state for the record i will not be purchasing anything from cam newton's fashion line uh, don't sell yourself short sir i think you would look fantastic in one of those purple and burgundy and brown shirts with the hat i think you could what rock about the those hats. what about the uh the uh i'm not gonna say knee high because i don't even know what they call them these days Little do you know, Matt, that that driving jacket that you have, that sport coat that you like to wear and flaunt, that is now a part of the Cam Newton line. I mean, you might want to burn. Cam that. Newton ain't ever gonna look that good in the nineteen eighties uh, checkered gray sport jacket. Yeah. What are you saying? With cigarette smokes. Yeah, D Hardy, why are you why are you crapping on his driving jacket? I'm not crapping on it. It looks way better with his uh, Judge Smales sailing hat too. <laughs> What, I mean, I gotta, I gotta provide comic relief sometime. You know that. D. Hart, could you take us to break by mentioning what uh, Judge Smell said right before he christened his boat? Oh, I christened the the flying wasp. Come on, what's the rest of what he says? Oh, you, oh, you want the, uh, you want the poem? Yes, read the poem. <laughs> <laughs> let me try to get, let me try to summon my Judge Smell's voice. <clears throat> It's easy to grin when the ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. Is a man worthwhile? Is a man who can smile when his shorts aren't too tight in the seat? <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, Pookie. Okay, Pookie, you can do the honors now. <laughs> I mean, Matt, you did say he, Matt, you said he could quote every line and you'd take him even money against the world on that that's good no, stuff I'm laying, i'll let i'll let I, i'll play i'll play minus minus 400 dude <laughs> minus 400 kind of like there the is no one Douglas. in the world i will put him up against anyone straight from rolling the front credits to the back credits you're not going to beat him he knows every single line every word i've witnessed it dude it's yeah, unbelievable so I, I think i think there's 10 movies that i i feel confident in that i could just recite every line front to back and that was all the original Adam Sandler movies and Caddyshack. <laughs> like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy, Caddyshack. I'm I'm all I'm all there. Oh man. 
Well, the only thing that makes me nervous right there is Matt basically said he was making you his lock of the week. Which, <laughs> oh boy! Which means uh -oh. I bet I bet his nephew Evan could beat you right now because you know what happens when Matt makes a lock of the week. Well, I already told you guys that Aaron McCarthy has taken notes that Matt has picked her. She's cursing him every day. Yeah. Yes. Game every shot. We're, we're barely halfway through the season. Come on now. All right. So next up, uh, we're going to steal the booth. We're going to call the final championship game of the U.S. Open. We'll be right back. All right, the Out of Range team is back for another edition of Steal the Booth. We are going to take over. Aren't we going to take over the commentator's booth, aren't we, Jeannie? Yes, we are. Oh, I know. Why you don't start laughing already? Come on now. What's so funny, Jeannie? What is so funny? I think what she's laughing at is we just came into the booth and we told Kulik and Dave Ryan to go get a beer and we'll take the final match. That's right. We'll we will take this for them. Come on, man. Let us take it. Who's our sideline uh, reporter? Uh, well, it was going to be Jeannie, but she can't quit smiling and laughing. What a goofball. <laughs> hey, have you guys ever seen Mystery Science Theater? Yes, yes. We need our pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. I love that show from back in the day. We need all of our pictures, just the robot with the robot up there sitting up front. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what this is. This is D and D-Hart has no idea. Dude. He has no clue, Derek. There's I'm so just, many things that you have to Google, but yeah, Google <laughs> Mystery Science Theater is great. I'm just basking is, in silence over here, guys. This is what it is. All right, so we got uh, final match. We've got Daniel McEwen against Tanya Romamper. D-Hard, who you got in this match? Ah, uh, man. Uh, they both bowled tremendous all week. Uh, I'm going to go with Daniel McEwen. More experience. Been there uh, multiple times. Uh, and I think she's due, man. I really do. All right. I, I can't disagree with that. Matt? Well, Tony, we know why you want Danielle to win because that's a financial benefit for you. But other than that, I'm going to go with Tanya, guys. This is her second show, uh, second show, both being majors. She made the show at the Queens, and now here she is at the U.S. Open. So I think she's going to get it done. It's going to be a close match, but I think she's going to get it done. All right. Jeannie? Um, I'm with you, Matt. She made the show on uh, – uh, with the Queens, and I think that she's a little bit more comfortable with the show this time, so I'm going to go with Tanya. That's right, G. We're going to get them. All right, so all that's three of us on Tanya Ramaper. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for Tanya today. Uh, Danielle, though, you're right, D-Hart, man. She is totally due. I, I did – I thought it was great. She got a nice double in the 10th, a couple of lucky hits to sneak past Shannon. Shannon looked none too happy on those. But, uh, you know, sometimes you get the breaks, sometimes you don't. Shannon Bold. Fantastic game in a fantastic 10th frame. But uh, I think it's going to be Tanya today. Always like to go with the person who led the tournament because they deserve it after so many games. So let's get down to it. Let's watch the final match. Mystery Science Theater style, right, Jeannie? Yes. Have you ever seen Mystery Science no. Theater? Come on, Jeannie. <laughs> no. God, so many people are having to Google this. I guess we're the only cool ones that we've seen it, Tony. Low scores this week, though, guys. I mean... Very challenging. Were they too tough, Matt, or just right? You know, it's the U.S. Open, right? So I think everybody expects a grind. 
I bowled the U.S. Open once, and it was the hardest tournament I've ever bowled. So uh, it's, I think it's right where it needs to be. That's just my humble opinion, right? Yep, I, I, I agree with it. I, You know, man, that, what got me about this week, and uh, as Daniel goes through the face in the first shot, leaves the 310, she uh, she had control of the, the uh, left lane in the first match, but not so much the right lane. So I think that'll be interesting. I think that's one other reason why I thought uh, I liked Tanya's action was just Daniel never looked comfortable on the right lane. Uh, but yeah, I was- man, they bowled so many games this week. Uh, four different patterns they bowled on in the finals. Or I'm sorry, uh, they bowled different uh, a different pattern each of the qualifying rounds, and then a different pattern for the 24 match play games. Had to practice on each of the patterns for an hour and a half. Dude, That's I a lot of bowling. Bowl. I could never bowl that many games. We got the 310 conversion by Danielle. No sweat on that spare. So I, I really think the thing that surprised me watching the last match is I was surprised at how far left Danielle is playing on the lanes. I figured she'd be a little bit further right. That's just my opinion. But as we have Tanya delivering her first shot here on the TV show for the U.S. Open championship match, dead flush, dead flush. And she's playing a little bit further right than Danielle, uh, just like Shannon was. Yep. Yeah, I think the thing to take away here, guys, is that uh, – you saw in the first couple of matches, all three of the girls were throwing a lot of surface, and you can see that the uh, the older surface and the uh, strength of those balls it looks like the front of the lane is getting uh, eaten up a little bit. Yeah, I was sure surprised to see Danielle come out with a really shiny surface ball. That absolutely shocked me. I, I did not expect that from from her. Ooh, flat ten. That was a little flat. I'd have so, to agree. If but I'm not mistaken, nine... Danielle is the only Storm staffer on the show. Is that correct? So that could have been a uh, a difference in uh, strategy from the, the Storm bowling group? Maybe. To just to start out. And they mentioned that uh, she drilled that ball just for the show. Correct. And that's the only ball she's thrown. And doesn't look like she's going to be changing anytime soon. Tanya cross lane, converting the 10 pin. And we've got Danielle up on the right lane, working on a spare in the second frame. So you guys, so do you guys, my humble, I just want to ask you guys a question. Do you guys think it's going to be a high scoring match or, I mean, what do you expect in here? I think it's, I think it's going to be medium scoring. It's probably going to be a high of 220. I'm thinking like 210 to 190 type of game. Uh, Oh, the crossover. Danielle with the crossover strike in the second. Ooh. So Tony, what think, were you? Uh, I was just going to say, do you guys think there's any like hangover or uh, carryover from the last game? Do you think she's still a little jacked up from throwing three in the 10th? I mean, I would be, but, uh, you know, she's, she's still hanging in there. Well, her first two shot. Yeah, first, high in Brooklyn, right? Right. Maybe she's trying to settle down again. Looks better. Her third frame looks a little bit better. <laughs> uh, I guess I didn't five read that. Count group. washout, huh? <laughs> well, the, it looked uh, better. Is that the one, two, seven, eight, ten? It's a mouthful. <laughs> Not quite Granny's teeth. Kind of looks like it. 
God, what a great name for a split conversion or for a split leaf. I've always the, liked uh, that one. The PWBA stat track says that this spare is converted 32% of the time. <laughs> and, and she converts it. Make it 33% of the time. <laughs> Dead oh. perfect. God, oh. Nelson Burton Jr. on an old school PBA telecast would eat this one alive. He would love that. Absolutely yeah. perfect conversion, just like he drew it up. Guys, I'm not sure. I'm not throwing straight at that spare. I need my ball to deflect no, into no, the seven. No, no. no, I would definitely go straight at that for sure. Shaker seven for Tanya. She, I mean, she has to throw it pretty good to, to strike at this point. I, I'm not sure if I like the way that ball is. Man, I mean, she, I like it. I like it for it's controlling the lane, right? It just seems like it's kind of placking a little bit. Would you guys change at this point? I I honestly think that she's doing what's most comfortable for her. So she's definitely a player that likes to see early hook and then control on the back. And that's exactly what she's doing. So it's really probably going to rely on her catching a double or two and hoping yeah. that Danielle doesn't string any strikes. So we got a seven pin spare conversion for Tanya in the third frame, moving over to the left lane for the fourth. But more importantly, Jeannie, what do you think about those pink shoes that she's rocking? I dig it. I, I think they're very cute. I like them. Very fashionable. So those, is uh, so uh, is Tanya's jersey. I see that both girls are wearing the the black and red. Now yeah, what's her I'll, what what's her jersey? What is that? Uh, is that I like, think looks like a seal like, or something. No, those are travel stamps. Oh, uh, okay. From her uh, country, her home country. Oh, very cool. Indeed. And Tanya, Tanya creeping high, leaving the four seven on the left lane in the fourth frame. Breaks down the split, though. Got to stay yep. out of trouble. Matt, uh, what kind of what kind of adjustment are you making uh, going into your next couple of shots here? If you're if Tanya, I'm, if I'm Tanya, well, first off, my I'd be cutting everything short like crazy on this, anyways. But um, <laughs> I would, I don't know. I mean, I feel like she's she's close. She's clean right now, which is the main thing, right? I'd probably say, in my humble opinion, I'd probably sneak in a few extra with my feet and just kind of try and open it up just a little bit. But or or it seems like move in and try and find some push because I I think there's some I think there's some hold in there somewhere. Danielle, that's Danielle's second shot, and on the on the left lane she had moved left and just got it pushed a little too far right and it didn't come back. And here she moved left, but she kept her line a little tighter. And you could see that it tried to return a little better, but it still went light. Man, she's she's got she's got the light hit going on today so far on the show. I'll, I'll which, be honest, guys. I think I think the last match really took a toll on her. Her first four shots have not been uh, as good as they normally are. No, you're right. Face Brooklyn washout light shaker, and then she leaves a two pin in the fifth. So McEwen's got a three pin lead. She's up in the fifth. Two pin leave to stay clean, shooting Dutch if she makes it. There's no doubt, though, we would all take a brook on this, on a championship match on a demanding condition like this. I mean, it doesn't yeah. look like you have to cut it short that much to go Brooklyn. They, they look pretty brutal. So, so Jeannie, question for you. You know, you're, you're Danielle. You're finishing up your fifth frame. 
When you look to the end of the game, what kind of score are you probably are you targeting? Obviously, staying clean is one thing, but what kind of score do you think is going to allow you to win this match? I'm hoping that I can at least catch one double to get me to two zero. You think two so zero wins? I think two zero wins. Tony, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm 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 with you right there. I mean, it, Tanya as she flushes the fifth frame, so she's down three on a strike. Going into the sixth frame, I mean, she she's looking pretty locked in. She's only missed the pocket one shot, and that was just a little bit high with the four seven. So you know she's playing the hook and fade pretty good. I I might think something different though if she doubles right here, and I'm Danielle knowing I'm not really that close on any lane. Right, and and I think Tanya looks super comfortable. I I, I really thought guys that she bowled great at the Queens and seemed comfortable on television. I've been really impressed with the way that her demeanor on the two TV shows so far. She doesn't really look super nervous. It's 10 straight back right there for the double. There's that double. Yep. Wow. That was a great shot. Two great shots. If I'm Danielle, I am getting a little concerned at this point now. Would you change? What would you do, Derek? Would you change anything? If, if I'm Danielle, um, you know, I'm probably going to go to my strength. So for me, her miss generally seems to be when she kind of gets amped up and throws the ball a little harder. So I might move one left and keep my eyes uh, or bring my eyes in as well. And I might just try to jam it in there and try not to hook anything really. If she does. She's obviously lost control of the pocket. I'm I'm just trying to control the pocket and hopefully get a, a hopefully I get a couple of good breaks. All right. Well, we're on commercial break now, so we can all take a quick breather. So uh, what'd you guys think about, uh, the fact that they bowled on four different patterns this week. That is something that is highly unique. Yeah, so the four different patterns for me, I mean, obviously the U.S. Open is an, a tremendous grind. Um, but, you know, the practice sessions I think are four hours. I think that just allows everybody to get ample time to bowl on all the patterns. I don't think you have to bowl the entire time. But if you talk about the number of games, the, the amount of time you're in the bowling center on your feet, you know, the, the thought process, I mean, dude, just a mentally and physically exhausting week of bowling. Yeah, I mean, I think you need a month off after this tournament, right? <laughs> I mean... They do have a month off after Right, <laughs> right, which is kind of where I was going. I mean, they have to be all pretty, pretty tired mentally and physically at this point, right? And, and, and uh, you know, most of these girls are in good shape and, and, and trying to you know, keep things together from that perspective, even if you're in shape, I mean, this is, this is a definite physical grind with that many games and, and that much as far as lane patterns going on. All right. So we're back in action. Six frame Danielle with another nine count. She was a flat 10. She's back in the pocket. So maybe that slowed her uh, speed down a little bit there. D Hart, you were kind of looking for that. Mm -hmm. Not to get too amped up. Yeah, it looks like she moved maybe just a pinch back to the right and amped up the speed a little bit, but her ball does not have the same energy entering the pocket she did in the uh, last match. So at this point, I, I think uh, if you ask me again what to do, I, I'm looking for that ball to kind of snap out the 10, the six pin go to the sidewall and snap out the 10. Um, then she'll know she's kind of the, uh, in, the, in the swish zone. I mean, I guess what I'm seeing is like what Tanya just did on her last two shots is it's almost kind of like hooking early and then just reading the hold in the middle and just kind of, she's kind of roping it in there. Right. That's the kind of feel that I'm getting. 
It, I mean, so Dehart, you're saying Danielle's just going to look for a little bit more back-end reaction? No, the exact opposite. Yeah, and you, and you can see that right there. I think you're right, Dehart. It looked like she moved right, just uh, picked up the ball speed to get it to hook and bail, just like Tanya. Good adjustment. All right, so Tanya stepping up in the seventh frame, up by eight, working on a double. Matt, like I you said, looking, looking tremendously comfortable. Rip. I love, uh, it's a big lead right there up to on a three-bagger. Yeah, that was perfect. Three shots in a row. You think she's getting a little ahead of herself yet? You think she's thinking about the uh, the title? She's obviously got a great reaction, so it's it's hard not to think about that, right? I don't think so. She's just I, you know, she just doesn't get intense. I just love how she smiles after she throws a good shot, right? I mean, it's just different, you know. I love her pre-shot routine. It's the same every single time. Oh, looks a little left. Oof. Right through the face. There you go. Just a little bit left, man. Paid the full penalty. The big four, four, six, seven, ten. That is going to just about even this match right back up. Golly. That wasn't too far left, man. That uh, just a little bit. Four or two. Yeah. Check, check your glasses, Matt. No, I'm, I, <laughs> you think it was an absolutely terrible shot? I mean, it was considerably left of her last target or her last shot. Understandable, but I mean, it wasn't a terrible shot, right? I mean, it's a tough, demanding lane condition. You can't cut it short. I like when they put the bowl TV bowling lifts here. Label up there. When are they going to pop on some out of range podcast? Let's get yeah. that. Let's let's, let's get Tony's character that Jeannie works so hard on. Dude. I love that. What's? Come on, man. Jason oh, Thomas. Oh, the mixer. Let's put that out there. Get the Danielle with a logo da on. Danielle with a double of her own with the mixer in the eighth frame. So man. she's ten ahead at this point. Man, what a flip! She, she, uh, Tanya was up eighteen on a three banger, looking to take an even bigger lead. Now she's down ten. So it looks like Danielle can strike out in the ninth and tenth for two thirty nine. Tanya's got room for two nineteen. It's crazy how, how much staying clean keeps you in these matches. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Danielle on the ninth. Oh, wow. 2-4-10. And that was a pretty good shot. Just a little she fast. Got fast. She got fast with it, it looked like. Maybe didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah. it looks like she definitely threw it harder. All right, odds on the spare. I know you guys are gamblers. Do we think she's so, going to slide this over? So I don't know if she's going to slide it over. So, but as far as the uh, the gambling goes, who uh, who won this week? As far as our U.S. Open bet, I know I had Maria Rodriguez. Did not cash. Matt, who'd you have? I had Jordan Richard. And uh, D Hart. I had Liz Johnson Hoff. Oh. Man. Liz Johnson Hoff, that's going to get you $20 American, D Hart. Got to ship him another 20 Thanks a yeah. lot, Hart. Great. All right. So, Danielle with the open in the ninth frame has 172 in the ninth. Dan or Tanya can step up here and take control in the ninth frame. And Ooh. she also goes light, leaving the 128. Matt, is it, if you miss the head pin, is it I light? Don't, I don't call that light, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that was very. That was out the window. That was generous, though. <laughs> 
I mean, she was light, right? She didn't hit the pocket. She was light to the pocket. No, Sorry, that's just we... called missing the pocket. Yeah. Out the don't, window, if you will. Don't yeah. make us. Don't make us go to the council again, Matt. Uh, yeah, just what I need the tribal council again. When Matt missed the headpin, he used to say, "Yeah, yeah, dude, it was light. light." Just to try to talk himself in into a good shot. Of course, dude. You always have to stay in the moment. Keep yourself confident. All right, she makes the light one two eight there. <laughs> <laughs> she went Brooklyn on that to make it though. Oh, are you? It, she wasn't just a little bit high. It was Brooklyn. Yeah, she went high. She went high on that one. Uh, so it looks like Tanya. Uh, gonna take a re-rack here to kind of collect her thoughts and she can get up and throw a double and four pins to shut out Danielle McEwen. Whew, another exciting major finish here. Coming down to the wire. All right, we both got it. And uh, the max game is 209 for Ramanpur, 202 for McEwen. So our 210 estimate could be spot on or could be even a little bit high. Jeannie Tom- met. Tony took Tanya, and D-Hart is the lone Danielle uh, picker. Oh, looks good. Freeze. Rope. Perfect. Ten straight back. That was a great great shot. Starting to thank thank you guys for not gambling on this match. I feel like I'd be owing you some money. It's close. We got got Tanya. We got D-Hart dead to rights. That was a great shot. Right up 14-15, ten straight back. She's bowled a phenomenal game. Man, just a couple of bad shots. That one well, bad four, and then the light one, two, eight. Taking oh. another re-rack, two re-racks. Would you guys take re-racks in this situation? It's not my. It's not my thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. either I'm not, not a huge re-rack person. I mean, if if the pins were off spot, yeah, but I don't do it for timing. Okay, All right, one strike for, here for the win, right here. For the win, and f- oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> Stone seven. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't throw it any better for the cheese than right there. I mean, has this not been like the story tale of this season? Bad breaks and crucial moments? Oh, my God. Solid nine, solid eight, ring ten, now a ripper seven. What's next? Oh, man. And D-Hart, I know you probably didn't like her coming back and smiling on that. (laughs) Man, I want to see I want to see somebody get upset and I just take it. Well, so here we go. Now McEwen can get up. Oh, now she man. controls her own destiny at this point, so she can strike out for 202. 28 wins it. This will be this has to be a moment in her career striking out in the last match to beat Shannon O'Keefe and now the the uh, the opportunity to strike oh, wow. out. Wow, looks like she got it. around it. Ooh. Oh, the swisher. She has just owned the light swisher hit. All right. No so, re-rack here. Is she going to re-rack, Matt? No. Not, I, I, she strikes me as the type that that does not re-rack. She just kind of does it, right? What do you think, Eugenie? She needs to strike an eight. Oh, yeah, she's right up there. Man, some emotion already out of Tanya. Yeah, now, she can't watch. I, I, don't, I don't know that I like her not being in the chair. Yeah, I thought that... I thought that was kind of strange as they just showed her back with her ball. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. There's the snap out 10 talking about Derek. Oh yeah. I don't pretty much. uh, I don't like that. I don't like leaving the pit on the show when you're still in the game. That's I mean, 
It doesn't feel good. We have it. We have the possibility for a tie here. Anything can happen on this condition, right? I mean, she needs to still throw a good shot here. Seven's a tie, eight's a win. She just needs one of those light hits again. So would you one, guys two, throw? Eight. I mean, obviously. Wow. Deep breath here. Oh my God! It looks left. Dead on the head pin and. Leaves the three pin, nine Ooh. count for the win. She escapes, Danielle McEwen, U.S. Open champion. 201 to 199. There's going to be some emotion right. there. Wow. Uh, what an incredible tournament by both of these players. Yep. Yeah. Great final match, great shots in the 10th. I wow. love that joy on the win. That, awesome. I'll tell you what, guys, that last shot could have been a great church. I mean, that could have been anything. That was dead on the head pin, though. Jeannie, what wow. do you think about leaving the, uh, leaving the pit like that to go stand in the corner? Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with what she did um, as a competitor. I want to sit in the chair, and I want the person on the approach to know that I'm staring them down, and they better make a good shot. So it's a when, when Tanya it's an left intimidation the, left thing. the area, yeah. When Tanya left the area, Danielle's like, "All right, she's our. I feel like she's already given up, and this thing is mine." I kind of think that way too, right? You've yeah. When you've left the area, you've just you've you've given up. Well, you haven't. Yeah, okay. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know about necessarily giving up, but it certainly loosens up that area, right? Now, yeah. now this uh, really the, challenging the, work zone is clear. Yeah, it's all the, yours. The tension is gone because your your opponent's gone. I, I think I, I agree with what your guys saying to a certain extent, but in the days and age of the ball reps now, I feel like I notice it in on the men's tour and the women's tour more now than ever is the players, the pit isn't, the players are out and about. They're always talking back there, talking with their tour rep constantly. Um, I, I, in that moment, I, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, but now more than ever, it, it seems like players are back there talking and discussing with the tour reps. You know, yeah, they seem I, to be playing more of a factor these last year, this last year or two. So yeah, I and I get that, but man, I'm not, I'm not leaving the pit on a shot like that when there's nothing to. There's nothing the ball rep can do for me. Yeah, I want to keep the pressure on my opponent. And me being in the pit, I feel, creates more pressure, more tension. I agree. Yeah, Maybe she should I, have just taken that chair and scooted it up right next to the approach. <laughs> just got it right in her grill. That's what I would have liked to have done. I mean, let's just get crazy. Why does she just go up there and hit the reset button on her? You know, I mean, is yeah. that wrong? Is she, that wrong? She's going to she's going to voluntarily take her re-rack for her. Well, no, she's already taken two. Re yeah, yeah, exactly. What's that? Well, I don't know how that rule works. A few years ago where the where the chick is bowling and the the other girl comes flying out from the side and just tackles. Oh, that was an old that was an old NHL hockey commercial for ESPN. <laughs> and it was bowling and the girl comes out from the side and just like body checks her on the lanes. That was great. You know what would have been better is if like she really wanted to leave the pit, she should have just grabbed her balls and undid her shoes right in front of Danielle before she got up to throw her shot. Yeah, you can do some stuff. I mean, it's it's fine. You can do a little stuff like that to put a little added pressure on the opponent. I have no problem with uh, playing a little bit of game there. Derek, but, you said you said emotion, no tears. There was plenty of tears. What are you talking about? What? Like I don't see her crying. When she picked up the trophy, she was crying. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't really see any so tears. Mascara maybe mascara is not running. Yeah, D-Heart. Either that or it's waterproof. I'll be, I'll be the green jacket. Guys, if if I won one of those trophies, I'd be scared to pick that thing up. No, you well, wouldn't. Cause, no, you cause wouldn't. One because one guy had the eagle fall off. Do <laughs> <Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> you think? Well, okay, hey, with the U.S. Open jacket, guys, would you just would you just wear that to league? I would. I totally would too, man. I'd I be would. like, what's up? It's 114 degrees outside. I'm gonna wear my shorts and my green U.S. Open jacket. <laughs> When, I'd uh, bowl the Swiss in that thing every <laughs> single game. <laughs> oh, when, I love uh, it, dude. All right. Well, Danielle McEwen, the U.S. Open champion, and my pick for player of the year. She is still in the running. We're about halfway through the season. Uh, Jeannie, we do love to cut to you at these moments. What would be your final thoughts on the tournament and the final match? I thought it was good. Oh, only the finest in great commentary. <laughs> One, Jeannie Frank. They don't call her the best color woman in America for nothing, folks. Oh, man, it's a staple of stealing the booth. All right, guys, any other final So should we, go, should, we, uh, should we go let Kelly and Dave back in and collect their stuff so they can get out of here? Yeah, they got, I've got their phone and their uh, cigarettes right here. So they got <laughs> You think on the you think on the way out we can just tell Dave to uh, sixty feet to success. Let's work on that. I've got a we got to get our catchphrase. Jeannie's yeah, we all need catchphrases. I've got my catchphrase. Jeannie's, uh you got to let it uh, come to you. It just happens naturally. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Don't don't preset it. it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the Out of Range podcast this week. And we are uh, taking a little break, as Jeannie mentioned earlier. The women are off until the Striking Against Breast Cancer Lucy Doubles Tournament in Houston, Texas. And, uh, well, we're not taking a break. We're going to be back every single week. we got lots more fun stuff and good interviews coming up. So, with that being said, for Matt, D-Hart, and Jeannie, the mouth, Franklin. <laughs> you don't like that no? You guys are stuck with us for a few more weeks while there's no bowling. That's right. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Later. See you. Later. <laughs>